Well, I'm just, I'm just super excited. So, you know, it's interesting. I know, you know, I'm, I've been a nurse for a long time and coming to this side of the fence in May, I thought, I just thought I knew how complicated the finance and the business of healthcare was, but I realized on this side of the fence, I did not give it credit enough. And what's really struck me probably the most uh, since I've been in this space is that I think now more than ever, I think what I'm seeing is that uh, employers are really struggling with, especially in the face of some of these rate increases, right? How are we going to afford the kind of robust benefits we need to attract the kind of work and not only to attract, but to keep the quality workers that, that we need. And it seems to me brokers and advisors, consultants really have a huge challenge. And I would even say a pretty hefty role when you look at where our healthcare system is and the fact that we know we just can't keep going the way we're going. And really the broker, the advisor, the consultant, has to have at their fingertips all the resources to plug in for the for the the employer that's going to fit them right so that individualization that customization but but even I would think even more than that probably more important is this role of being an agent of change and so I call those folks mavericks and there's a lot of us out there of course you're one of them and I I still think perfect embodiment of a maverick, right? Somebody who is doing the right things for the right reasons to really look at where's my stewardship? How can I impact the change that's going to impact um, for the greater good, I suppose I would say. And I know that sounds noble because it is. And I mean it with my full purpose of heart. And so I just had a couple of questions for you in particular um, in terms of, you know, because I see you as one of those mavericks, and now I lost my place. Doggone it, Nancy. Because I saw there's a few value characteristics that I think all mavericks embody, and there was two that came to mind when I thought about you, and those two were caring and competence. And oh. when, I, when I think about you, you, to me anyway, from an outside perspective, um, you are a leader in my mind. You're a leader in our industry. You're very knowledgeable and uh, uh, you really do care about your customers. But so I just wanted to just ask a few quick questions on, you know, how do you see your role um, in, in, in that of a maverick, a change agent? Um, well, I think that's interesting that you would identify me as that because I feel that way about myself. Um, don't always say that, but I, I do. I am, I've been in this industry a long time, as you well know, and I know that my window of being in this industry is, is shortening, but my intention is to go out with a bang. Um, and by that, I mean, I really do want to create change. Mm-hmm all the way down, all the way through the system. I want to change how people understand, access, and pay for their health care. I, I want to change the way that employers review their benefit programs. I want to change the way that providers communicate their costs and what your share is going to be. And I want to change the way that insurance companies communicate and share their pricing model. Um, I don't want to hear 
hey, you've got a 6% rate increase. Why? Because it's trend. Well, explain that to me. Well, that's just our trend. No. Their policy. I don't really care about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really think it needs to, like, it's interesting that you mentioned caring and competency because I think you have to care about mm -hmm. every person in the equation to make it all work. I don't think that we can throw the insurance companies under the bus, and I don't think we can throw the members under the bus. At two far ends of the spectrum, everybody has to play a part, and until everybody comes to the table and understands and cares about everybody in that circle, not just says mm -hmm. they care, but actually cares, nothing's gonna change. All right. And I like how you said that, not just that you speak it, right? Like some platitude that you hang on a wall that nobody, because it doesn't matter what your wall says, if the end user doesn't feel it, this over here, it's just paper. Right. And it's interesting because you talk about when you describe everybody sitting around at the table and really caring about what's in it for each player. I know it, especially care management. One of the things I love about our leadership here, we talk about aligning incentives. And when you think about how did we get to this place? How do we get to this place where medical trend is, what, 18%? And in our, in our expertise, dialysis, you know, or 10% is medical trend, 18% for dialysis. How, how, how do we come to that place? And it just seems to me, like you mentioned, it's this mal, I would say some, some say misaligned incentives. I would say malaligned incentives uh -huh. because we can. So how, how does somebody in your role, how do you, because there's a lot of players, there's a lot of seats at this table. I think you have to keep pulling back the curtain. I think you just have to keep pulling back the curtain. I think you have to pull back the curtain. And when I say that, I don't mean, again, I don't mean throwing stones at those players. Mm -hmm. I mean saying, okay, let's talk about this. So let's just pretend, let's say we're talking about an insurance company right now or a pharmaceutical company. If they come to us and they say, okay, we need this percentage of increase, I want to drill down and I want to understand it and I want everybody involved to be able to say, okay, you know what? I get that. That makes sense. I feel that that's a still a fair value for what I'm paying. Let's talk about auto insurance. Our premiums just don't arbitrarily go up. Generally, they stay pretty level because our risk stays about the same. Sure, if we have a couple bad accidents and our rates go up and the insurance company comes to you and says, you know what, we need to raise your rates because this is your loss ratio over the last 10 years. Well, no one's going to say, well, that's not fair. We're going right. to say, yeah, you know what, that makes sense. I understand that and I'm okay with it. But we never get to have those kind of conversations around um, medical insurance. Oh, accountability. The insurance company holds the information like this. They hold it tight. They don't want to tell you anything. And they hide behind some of their, oh, well, we can't share that because of HIPAA. Well, you can share a lot more than you, than you say you can. It's conducive to their interests not to share that information. And then on the flip side, the providers need to have a better understanding of what are, what are your charges? What is your fair reimbursement level? whether it's cash pay or insurance pay, it should be the same. They should be reimbursed at the same level regardless, and they need to be able to take a, a stand on that. And then as a consumer, we need to be able to say, we need to be brave enough to say, how much is that going to cost? Yeah. Is that the best option for me? Is that the best place for me to start? Instead, 
almost everybody that I talk to that goes to the doctor, they walk in there and all of a sudden they become a mute. They, they yeah. don't ask any questions. They don't want to take an active part in their own health care. Or they and don't I, know how, or they're met with rhetoric to questions that they don't right. understand because they don't speak the language and they don't know how to navigate the system. Where else would you go to the store and choose a perfect dress, a dress and take it home and then go, gosh, I wonder what this is going to cost me. I've worn it twice, but I haven't gotten the bill yet. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it's a, that's a perfect analogy. But until, until consumers start demanding that information, until they start speaking up, until employers start demanding more information from insurance companies on how are those rates really derived, let's, let's get a little bit more information on this so that we can understand it better. Um, and until insurance companies are willing to not hide behind smoke and mirrors so much and say, you know what, we know we're a vital key to solving this healthcare problem. We want to come to the table. Until all of those things happen, we're going to stay broken. Yeah, yeah. And, that, so, and, and that's interesting, right? Because really for you to be able to guide or even even be an active participant at that table, you kind of have to know how all those pieces fit together, right? So that's where this competence place uh, comes into and comes into play. And then you look at the caring component. Your caring means that you're open to understanding, you know, this other, like you mentioned before, I, I want to understand where you're coming from, from your seat at this table. I I, I understand, I'm competent, I understand how all these pieces fit together, but tell me how, from where you're sitting, how does that look for you? But that requires a certain amount of integrity and vulnerability, wouldn't you agree? I would agree, and it requires um, a lot of work. I mean, it requires a lot of, of work making sure that you really do understand and you ask questions and you and you don't just take the first answer that you push past to get underneath and, and to get the, the real answers. And, and again, I'm not trying to throw insurance companies under the bus because they're a vital piece of the solution. Am I super frustrated with them? Absolutely. Um, they tend to operate in their own world without any real life application, which is always crazy to me. They will roll out this new app or something. It's like, well, welcome to the 21st century. Thanks for the app. But let's talk about how is that really going to impact the member? You just spent all this money on this one thing that isn't really necessarily relevant. And I, I mean, I'm just kind of making that example up, but I hear that from them all the time. They'll say, well, did so-and-so log into our site and go through 18 different tabs and figure out how to compare these, you know, these prescription drugs? And I'm like, no, because that's not what a consumer is going to do. They, they have this disconnect between what they're doing over here and the consumer experience. They think they're the same, but they're completely different. This guy's talking Swahili and this person is talking French and they're not, you know, they're not talking the same language. Good, even if you do have a good message or a good tool, unless the other person receives it at such, it doesn't really matter how great exactly. it is. It's just like that scene I talk about all the time in Little Big Man. You've seen that movie, right? Yeah, I, think I, I love that scene where he draws the circle around himself and he asks him, where's the center of the universe? We're all walking around in our own little centers. And it's only when we recognize that, oh, 
the center is here and here. All those players around the table are the center. Right. Uh, that we can really have that meaningful dialogue. But so how does somebody who's new in the industry, say if you were talking with a new advisor, a new consultant, a new broker, in, in terms of developing those, because really if, when I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, well, really for you to develop the significance because it seems to me the overarching theme of what you want to you want to um, go out with a bang. You want to you want to contribute something significant. I do. And and to do that, um, you have to have established, and I know you have, but you have to have established a lot of relationships that are built on trust. So how does somebody who's new in the industry, uh, who comes in guns blazing, how do they how do they start on that path, right? Because you're not going to develop significance in a minute. That takes no. a while, right? No. I'm sure it's taken you. What if you were talking to somebody new in the industry, somebody new wanting to wanting to do what you do, what would your what would your advice be for them? I would say start with education. Um, this that's the one thing about this industry is it is you have to constantly be learning, constantly to I learn something every day, invest in professional designations. Nehu has a one, some wonderful professional designations. Start there, start learning, go to take advantage of every learning opportunity that you have so that you can start to speak the language and then start to ask, and then you need an insatiable curiosity. You need to always be asking questions. Explain that to me. Don't try to pretend you know it all because I don't know it all. I know this much, you know, there's so much information out there. And I really think that's true of most advisors and most people in this industry, whether you're on the carrier side there or the consultant side, we honestly know this much of the entire picture. And when you put us all together, maybe we're going to get to here, but we all have just, just that one slice of information. And I'm always striving to learn more, to understand more. And then it's okay to challenge the answers that you're given if they don't feel or sound right, but do it respectfully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. So that requires you to be, maybe we should add brave to your list, brave, caring, and competent. (laughs) You have to be a little brave to ask those questions. Brave and vulnerable. It's funny how those are two sides of the same coin. They are really. Bravery and vulnerability go hand in hand. What about to your counterpart? Sitting across that table from you, right? Like your insurance carrier, your TPA, right? Those are commonly, or even Uh vendors, I would imagine, because I know for brokers, you guys are getting pitched to all day long. And um, all day, every day. Yeah, I would imagine. And I would, I would think like sitting down to a menu when you have a gazillion choices after a while, your brain shuts off. So what advice would you have to give or what, if you could, if you could coach your counterpart sitting across the table to give you what you needed um, to really excel in your quest for significance um, and, and, and reciprocate being more helpful to them, what would your counsel be to your counterpart always walk in with value always walk in with something that you believe i didn't already know um 
And think about it outside of your box because if you're only thinking inside your ABC insurance carrier box, you're only going to be thinking about your products. But you can also come in and say, here's something that you may or may not know. I recently learned this. Talk about that and say, and here's how, how ABC, company, insur ABC insurance company can support this concept or this idea. But don't lead with the sale, lead with the value. Don't walk in my door and ask me if I have something you can quote on. Ooh, because nice. the answer is going to be no. Yep. Well, and it's interesting too. When we walk in with a pitch, we're very focused on our center of the universe. It's all about what's that radio station we're all tuned into, right? W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me, right? Enough about you. Let's talk about me, Yeah. <laughs> right? So, but leading with value shows that you care enough about mm -hmm. the other person mm -hmm. to have something to bring to the table that's worth eating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then just always do what you say you're going to do. If you tell me you're going to send me some information that afternoon, I'm going to be looking for it that afternoon, not two days from now. So, so be impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your word and show yourself to be trustworthy. Those are the people I do business with. Yeah. Even if their products maybe aren't, maybe it's not an A plus product, maybe it's an A minus product, but that carrier always, or that rep always follows through, always does what they say they're going to do, is consistent, always provides value. That's the company I'm going to want to do business with because I'm going to choose that person. Yeah, and because you trust them. Mm -hmm. So we still do business with people we know. We, we absolutely know. do business with people. Absolutely. Same thing with companies, right? Right. And the other thing people. I would say is don't be afraid to talk to people. I, I mean, I keep preaching this, but if you send me just an, an email without any sort, we've never connected, but you're sending me an email asking for time to schedule an appointment with me, I'm probably not going to respond. I know a lot of people will, but if you send me an email and explain why you would like to, uh, what it is about me, that you'd like to get to know and what, but don't always lead with, I have this that I think will benefit you. Yeah. I probably already have it. Yours probably not that special. Maybe I don't, but I, I immediately kind of shut it down in my head. Yeah. Cause it's pitched. Nobody, nobody wants to be pitched to in or outside of this, this industry. Create value, create relationships. Create value, create relationships. Well, there you go. I think that's a pretty great mantra, Nancy. And uh, gosh, I just, I know how busy you are. So for you to take time to talk to us today, I really appreciate. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thanks for being a maverick, by the way. You, you are generating that significance. Awesome. Thank you, Kimberly. Yeah, thanks.